Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. And I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Kevin Hannigan. Kevin, you are the chief learning officer at Click, and Click is found on the web at qlik.com. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Give us an overview of what Click is and what you do. Yeah, it's a data and analytics company. So today's world, everyone's inundated with data, either you know, as an author of trying to make insights from it, learn more about your customers, learn more about your business, or even as all of us as consumers, every time we turn on the news, I mean, use COVID for an example, so much information, information overload. Now, think about how we felt when we saw all those charts and we didn't understand things and relate that to business. That's what we're seeing in business is there's lots of data, there's lots of potential benefits. But what Click does is we help um, organizations turn the data into insights they can action on to make better decisions and avoid having less than ideal decisions due to things like bias or incorrect assumptions, um, which come up all the time. Your background, Kevin, you're a university professor and uh, you're also an author. Your book is uh, Turning Data into Wisdom, How We Can Collaborate with Data to Change Ourselves, Our Organizations, and Even the World. How does a professor, a university professor, end up at Click? Yeah, it's an interesting story. I actually, very technical by trade. So undergraduate, I was computer science and math, loved technology, um, but started realizing, you know, dating myself 20 years ago, we always had the next technology kept coming and coming and the, the, it was coming quicker and quicker than before. So like when I, I always tell the joke, when I was in college, cloud was a meteorology class. Now it's an IT class. The languages I learned in college are, are dead now. And so I always needed to go back to school. I had that growth mindset and, and learn. But what I was struggling with is it, it was hard to learn new things. And everything I was learning was technology. I wasn't learning how to apply it. And so I kind of had this light bulb moment, uh, maybe about 15 years ago, I can't remember what was happening, but I needed to kind of reposition. And it's not about learning the technology, it's about learning what I call the forever skills or the soft skills and how you can apply them and, and get different perspectives. So how do you, you know, active listen? I, you know, we, we go to school, we do reading, we write. I've never taken a course in listening. You know, mm -hmm. it's probably the number one communication skill those last forever. And then I started being able to learn the technologies better because I could then get different perspectives, apply them in a, in a group setting and, and go from there. Yeah. And um, so speaking specifically about Click, um, I don't know if you could tell me a little bit about where Click came from, why Click came about, like what was the big opportunity in the market that, that uh, yeah. if you have any, any, any bit of the, the kind of the founder story uh, or, or where Click comes from. 
Absolutely. It's a, it's a Swedish company based in originally based in Sweden. We've moved over once we went you know public the first time. Still have a, a huge R&D office over in Sweden, though. And it was back in the 90s, right when there was starting to be an explosion of data, but there wasn't a lot of you know business intelligence analytics at the time. People wanted to get answers to questions. They would ask IT and IT would build a really thick spreadsheet report and give them like 500 pages of paper and like, there's your answer. And then if you're like, well, you know, I don't care about this segment of my business. Let's take that out. Goes back into the cycle with IT, run more SQL queries, another 300 page dump. So they started um, applying the, the in-memory, what they call visual analytics, where you can actually real-time ask questions of the data, what if, and, and do it yourself without necessarily needing someone to go back and write a data query. So what if I look at this data here, if I'm trying to buy a house, I only care about houses in these zip codes. I don't care about houses over this price hold and being able to get those answers instantly um, saved a lot of time for organizations, not having to have that full loop, go back to IT, build the report and then send a static spreadsheet that's already outdated. You know, there are, Kevin, in, in, in business, I, I want to say there are, there are two types of companies out there. There are the types of companies that value uh, data and use data frequently to make better business decisions. And then there are companies that don't, and they're going with their gut. They're using a magic eight ball and some Smurf berries. I, mean, I don't know what they're, you know, what Absolutely. they're, what they're yeah. you know, but, but I, I, I feel like there is, I, I want to, um, you know, talk business leader to business leader now with our listener. And I, I want us as leaders, myself included, to start, you know, thinking more data minded today? And, and maybe are there any general principles that you would advise just for, for any business leader? You know, they might be an individual consultant. They might be, uh, uh, you know, a, uh, they might be a SaaS company, you know, uh, e-com or something like that. Because um, I think it sometimes it can be hard to slow down and, and look yeah. at the data. And I think that that's probably one of the first things is, is it's almost like, investing the time in deep work feels like it's at the time or when we think about allocating a full hour, you know, to think about our mission, purpose, and values, for example, it's like, uh, do I really need to? <laughs> uh, but well what I know is that most business leaders who prioritize those big picture type things, and they're willing to pause to to reflect on those things, uh, ultimately are so much better positioned for scaling, growing the future, um, you know, reducing risk, that sort of thing. I'm sorry, I, 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 I talked way too much on that. Let me get your yeah, perspective on that concept. I, I, everything you said was right. I would just add in, I, I tend to see maybe a third category, and those are the ones that use data and they think they're using it the right way, but they're not. And, and those mm. potentially are the worst ones. Because if you're going with a gut feel, intuition and gut, it's not horrible. It's actually the brain going into your long-term memory saying, you've had these 500 experiences that relate to this one. These were the outcomes. Here's what you do. It's unconscious. The challenge with that in today's world is what was relevant five years ago might not be relevant today. Things move so fast. So we're not against using intuition. We're, we're about balancing that with, with data. Um, but people that think they're using data and then they don't challenge it, 
one of the word buzzwords you may have, your audience may have heard is, is cognitive bias or unconscious bias. There's so much data out there. Mm. We as humans have a tendency to see a data point that validates our opinion and say, look, there's the answer. I'm done. Move on. So, you know, the biggest tip I, I tell people is let's deal or borrow some from scientists. They use the scientific method and, and what, without going too technical, scientific method is let's come up with an opinion. Let's have a hypothesis, but then let's spend a little bit of time to your point, slowing down to do everything we can in our power to disprove that opinion. When we can't disprove it, then we're going to go forward assuming it's true. In business, I feel like a majority of business leaders will say, here's my opinion. Anytime someone says something that's contrary, they don't hear it. They're not listening. They're like, nope, not right. Soon as they see a data point that validates it, mm. move on, we're done. Problem is that data point is missing the context. And that's the, that's the deep work you're talking about. So you could probably find a data set that validates any opinion a business leader has but it's incorrect. The data is not wrong. It's misleading because you don't have the context of why it happened. So I think the biggest thing for business leaders is, is start applying some of that scientific method. Look for reasons why your opinion's wrong. And I know that's hard for us wow. to do, but it really opens doors to how the mind thinks and those shortcuts yeah. will not get in your way. Man, I, I mean, I just think on a broader philosophical sense too, yes. uh, you know, I think of like um, Dunning-Kruger. So the Dunning-Kruger effect is, you know, the more someone purports to have absolute truth, uh, the more likely they, I'm, and I'm probably misstating this quite a bit, uh, but, uh, you know, especially on social media, um, it, it seems like uh, it, the, the, the less you can trust their information, basically, or their, yes. their, their assertions. Uh, and it's generally you know, the, the more uh, academically curious and I'd say ultimately honest where we say, you know, here's the best. I, I would love your take on kind of what I'm talking about here. It, it's, you know, we, we want to go based on assumptions of the best data at the time, knowing that there's there's always going to be new information and being open. I love that being open to the fact that we could be completely wrong, but this is our best guess based on the data right now. Um, I would I'll tell you what, as a leader, and I was talking with all my directors, I don't want a bunch of people telling me, oh, yeah, yeah, this is definitely, you know, I get nervous. I'm like, mm, that sounds pretty, that sounds like more than an opinion. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you hit on it. That, and that's the challenge with organizations is the, the, there are some cultures where you're not supposed to challenge the leader. Um, and then going even deeper, where did I, I like to think about why, why was that culture that way? And this is me going on a soapbox, but yeah. as a kid, my four kids, all they ask is why questions, why this, why that? It's because <laughs> they're learning the world, but then you start doing it in like junior high, middle school. What does the teacher tell you? Cause I told you why are you doing it? Cause I told you, they don't give you the answer. Yeah. You kind of stop doing it. And then you go into work yeah. and your boss says, go write this report. Why? Cause I told you we don't learn. We, in, in fact, we actually stop practicing creativity, challenging, respectfully challenging, mm -hmm. arguing with the data. And then all of a sudden now we have all this data that can tell us anything from the answers A to Z and everything in between. And the skill, the secret key to that is to use those skills that we stopped using in like nursery school. It, it fascinates me because it's like going back to 
here's how you active listen. Here's how you do a dialogue versus a discussion. Here's how you think creatively. Let's not just have one answer. Let's come up with two answers and weigh them against each other. Here's how we bring our assumptions to life. Um, you know, one story I always tell my kids when they complain about having to write out their math homework. I'm like, the reason you write it out is because if you did it wrong, the teacher can find out where you did it wrong. I've never seen in many organizations a leader write out their thought process for why they gave a decision. But that's the opportunity for someone to say, you had an incorrect assumption. That was true five years ago. It's not true now, but it's this is our decision. This is why. And then it's really, you don't have the right culture to challenge it. And you don't give them the right information because you're just giving them the outcome. You're not giving them the th thought process. Wow. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, I, love, I love what we're talking about. Um, are, are there any books that, uh, you know, obviously there's your book, um, but I, I don't know what's on your library in terms of things like critical thinking, thinking, you know, more logically, um, you know, being open to examining, um, you know, conventional thought or, you know, you know, being willing to as an organization, you know, how can we create, you know, more thoughtful cultures that um, are beyond kind of a yes, yes person uh, culture, which we don't want. Um, we definitely see the, um, uh, you know, the consequences of that in many, many different places. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, what, what's on your bookshelf that, you know, might, if someone's, into what we're talking about right now and they want more like any book recommendations yeah i mean obviously i selfishly I, I think mine would be a great one but you know the one on my shelf daniel kahneman's written quite a few one of them thinking fast and slow the reason why that's relevant is the challenge that most leaders have in my opinion based off you know talking to hundreds of them they might not they might be aware but they don't necessarily believe how the brain is negatively impacting their decisions. Mm. So that book shows examples that you can repeat, and I've repeated them in classes where people are like, oh my God, I, I didn't realize I was doing that. I have confirmation bias. And I'm like, yeah, mm. I told you before, but seeing is believing. So I would start with that because it teaches you the why. It, anything on neuroplasticity. I know it's not a typical book on business leaders, but if you understand how the brain works from a psychological perspective, you understand why people are doing what they're doing. And if you want them to do something different, why wouldn't you try it? If you want to repair a car, why wouldn't you learn more about the car and how it works before you repair it? We're not saying the brain's broken. I'm just saying it, it's a little flawed. And, and sometimes oh, yeah. you admit that. And so learning those things was a lifesaver for me because then it became a fact. This is how it is. How do we overcome it? Whereas I feel like there's some people that say bias, it's voodoo, it's black magic. I don't have bias. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, you know, my stuff doesn't smell it, so to speak. And, yeah. and that's the first step in overcoming anything is admitting you do. Uh, so at click.com and that's Q-L-I-K.com, um, I, 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 who, who is a perfect customer for you? And, well, realistically, anyone that's trying to make better sense of their data. So you think today the first requirement is you have to have data that will help you with your organizational goals. That That's obviously large Fortune 500 companies in many industries, but it's also small mom and pop shops, digital shops. They, they want to understand their customer better. They want to understand, hey, I have a marketing budget this year. You know, larger companies, it could be millions. Smaller companies, it could be like 10,000. What do I invest that in? 
anyone that has questions of what to do with their company and they want to leverage the right data and the right human element of really getting those insights. I always equated to when I was younger, there was this game show classic concentration and it was a puzzle board and the puzzles were all words and letters and images. And it was a memory game on top of it. But once you saw the puzzle, you had to understand what it was saying. It was a phrase or a topic or something. So, you know, a common example would be a green word that spelled P-E-A and the P was split and the answer was split pea soup. That transposed that to business. Everyone has those puzzles. They don't know what they're saying. And you ask 10 people in the same organization, they're going to give you 10 different answers. Mm -hmm. So it's really about, um, I, I like to think what we do is we give you the technology, the tools, the processes, the governance, the education to all understand what that puzzle really means and, and action it. Yeah. All right. So at click.com, someone says, okay, I, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, what would you recommend they, the kind of their next steps be? From an organizational perspective? I mean, uh, yeah. If they're interested in engaging with click. Absolutely. Go to the website, click.com, watch any of our, go to the, the learn page. You can see anything about the, the videos, tutorials, case studies, hmm. people are visual, right? So you want to see successes. So go there and, and look about, Hey, is there one that's related to my industry? Um, we have them across all different industries. And then you might not, you might say, that's not hundred percent me, but it's like 80% that, you know, cause I, I, I'm a huge believer of people need to visually see things to, to fully buy into it. And, and so looking at the case studies, looking at the success stories, it's a great way to start. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine as the chief learning officer, um, you, a lot of your handiwork is going to be found in that section. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. I mean, we we educate internally and external as well, and it's it, it, I, I love it because part of it is technical, like how do you work with data, but a big part of it is is how do you you know challenge and argue with the data, which is the these soft skills. Mm. All right, Kevin Hannigan, Chief Learning Officer at Click. Uh, again, that's uh, K or Q L I K dot com. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.